Better than this, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, speaking dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Kyle, welcome. I have two petitions I'd like to get out of the way firsthand today. Petitions, let's go. I would like to petition the Dolphins don't play on Sunday the rest of the year. Much more I had a really in- right? Much more enjoyable experience. I just kind of sat back, watched some ball, didn't really care. And the other thing I'd like to petition is I'd like to petition for the trade deadline to be every week. I can relate with the first take because I enjoyed the bye week for the Bills, just watching other football and not being consumed with the stresses of my team. I think what the you like the you like the trade deadline, you like player movement like this. I do because it's it it seems like the activity on this front has really picked up in recent years. Um felt like a lot for a long time there, like the trade deadline in the NFL kind of like went over like a fart in church, right? Like it's just kind of like super I don't want to say like hush hush but like a lot of the times it was super anticlimactic you know yeah that's it's uh we have modern gms now that are more willing to make moves and i don't know it's always interesting it's especially with the two deals today so far uh the Kenyon drake deal the leonard williams deal we had two deals uh both involving non-contenders for the playoffs for pending free agents it's interesting to me that they would part with draft capital for that. I don't know. I, I mean, Leonard Williams is a good player. They had a giant certainly aren't thin at defensive line better extend him. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me. Well, I think the giants deal makes a lot less sense than the Cardinals deal. And the reason why I think the Cardinals deal makes sense is because they have David Johnson banged up. They now have uh, chase Edmonds banged up with a hamstring after blowing up the week prior against the giants. So the Cardinals are kind of in a position where they have a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. And the best thing that they can do, in my opinion, is to make sure they get all of these snaps for Kyler this year to be as productive and fruitful as possible. So if that means you give away a lottery ticket that might turn into a fifth round pick to make sure that Kyler's got the best support cast around him when he's at his most pliable and moldable as a player. I think that's valuable. Even if Drake walks in free agency. That's a good point. Yeah. You want to make sure you're giving him the best opportunity to develop and show what he can do and make sure that the pieces around him, give Mm -hmm. him that chance. And he's already got a bad offensive. Mm -hmm. So you get a veteran at the backfield, which is important because there's something to be said for experience and pass pro reliability, catching the football and of course, running the ball well, and that's something Kenyon Drake does, and and that's a good point. That's a really good. Well, except running the ball well. Well, he has been able to. <laughs> Is it a better offensive He's line in so... Arizona than Miami? Uh, no. And see, that's the thing. Mark Walton's averaging one extra yard per carry so far this yeah. season behind the same offensive line than what Drake is. Yeah. 
His just Drake's vision is a problem, in my opinion. But he's really good in pass pro when he wants to be. He's going to be motivated. He's really good catching the ball out of the backfield. And if you give him, I, I think he'd be better off with some outside rushing concepts. Or if you just tell him to hit a gap, you can get more out of him than what Miami got out of him. Kyle, what do you think the biggest storyline coming out of the weekend of football was? I got something that <sighs> I don't think it's close. Are you talking about the Bosa brothers? The who? The Bosa brothers? I guess kind of close. To me, it's it's the Ohio State Buckeyes. I mean, going out, statement win. They're 8-0, 38-7 to over Wisconsin. Uh, they're steamrolling yeah. everyone. I mean, the, the best defense in college football. Uh, top five offense. But J.K. Dobbins, in a game where he was matched up against, you know, not on the same field at the same time, but measured certainly against Jonathan Taylor. I think J.K. Dobbins proved he might be the best running back in the Big Ten. 20 carries, 163 yards, two touchdowns, added 58 receiving yards on three receptions. John Taylor had 20 rushes for 52 yards. Those guys are going in completely opposite directions at this point in the season in terms of they both started pretty hot. Taylor's been the one that's fizzled out. And Dobbins against the same defenses, for the most part, is way outperforming it. And then number two on the other side of the football, Chase Young, best player in the nation. I mean, this team, <laughs> I'm excited about it. And they're a lot more likable. Now that Urban's gone, I can like Ohio State. So I'm all in. They keep yeah. making me money on my bookie. And I think this is the best team in college football. Justin Fields is is really fun to watch kind of come into his own. He really scrapped there in the first half against Wisconsin. Um, but I agree, with, I agree with you as far as the Dobbins and Taylor dynamic. Taylor's legs look heavy to me. Yeah. He does not look like he's got the same kind of spring and juice in his step as what he did at the beginning of the year. And obviously, the concern here is, well, Wisconsin's going to run this dude into the ground with like 900 carries in three years. So if he's somebody that in order to preserve the life in his legs and get, you know, maybe into a second contract with him comfortably, do you need to use him with somebody else in your backfield? And if you have to do that, then how do you value him? Because Taylor's a great back. Mm -hmm. Taylor, from a pure, pure physical tools perspective, size, height, weight, speed, explosion, uh, change of direction, skill, all that one of the, the two best talents physically in the, the NFL draft in 2020. But the durability, the usage, the longevity, the positional value, that's where it gets really complicated. And uh, you know Dobbins doesn't have a lot of those problems. This is kind of the first year he's become, quote-unquote, the guy in the backfield, sharing, sharing the uh, load with Mike Weber. Uh, for his first two years at Ohio State, and then even back to his freshman year when uh, uh, JT Barrett was still a quarterback, took a lot of the load. I believe Barrett had over 100 rushes that season. So uh, I think there are several bits of J.K. Dobbins's draft resume in which he has the edge, even if he's not quite the same caliber of athlete or quite as dynamic in the open field. Uh, he's still going to hit plenty of home runs because – you know, especially in, a, in an offense like the one in Ohio State where they can stretch you out in space. You and Wisconsin does not give you that to that umph degree. And with the, the way the NFL is trending, I think Dobbins is a really friendly projection. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but K.J. Hill misplayed at least two passes 
in my opinion. Yes. The long one in the in the end zone. Take just, your gloves off, brother. Well, that one was just bad tracking. And then the other one was that outbreaking pattern towards the sideline that I thought he would catch. And I I mean, I think I'm I think we're learning pretty quickly here that Chris Olave is the best receiver on Ohio State and KJ Hill maybe oh, yeah. has some warts to him. Oh yeah. Um I think my biggest takeaway from the weekend, regardless of college or pro, uh, is I'm just really disheartened by the J.J. Watt injury. That sucks. Uh, torn pec. His uh, season is over. He's going to undergo surgery to repair torn pec this week. Will not play. And J.J. was like, J.J. was really good last year, right, in his first full season back. And then there were points this season where JJ looked like 2014 JJ, 2013, like the the unstoppable force on the AFC side. The AFC's equivalent of Aaron Donald is just a presence that will wreck your game plans, and uh, it sucks because he is. I don't say he's running out of time, but his physical prime. He's at the tail end of his physical prime. And his body's starting to betray him. And uh, that's nothing new relative to the last couple of years with the back issue that he had and then the leg. But um, I, I just hope we get to see at least another full season of J.J. Watt at 100% because he's so good when he's healthy. It's big subtraction, right? I know Charles Amenehu stepped up. D.J. Reader's a nice player. But you go into the year thinking you're going to have Clowney and Watt and before the season's halfway over, you don't have either one of those guys. Um, and yeah. Deshaun Watson's so special, right? That play, the getting kicked in the eye. And Yo, what the hell? What the hell's going on there, man? Special, he got kicked in the eye. I mean, it's spe- special players just have ways about them where things like that just happen. And when he was when he was kind of like face planted into the ground after the touch, and I'm like, oh no, what was it? I was sort of relieved it was just an eye, but. I want to know what that puppy looks like today, man. He probably's not able to open his left eye right now. Touchdown. Probably pass, not. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Big game in the AFC Credit playoff to- picture, though, right? I mean, that was not now you look at the the Raiders, who I think the Raiders and Jags are the seven and eight seed right now. They're both four and four. Texans five. No, Raiders three. are three and four. Are you sure? Yes. The Raiders are three and four. Yes, they are. Okay. They both have four losses. I think that's what I, in my mind, that's what I was remembering. Yes. Yeah. So the Texans, the six seed, the Bills, the five seed, and then the other two teams have four losses that are next closest. So that was a big one there for tiebreaker purposes. Uh, you're thinking about that five, six seed in the AFC. We talked about that on Friday, though. Yeah. But the Raiders hung yeah, around a little a bit really... more than I expected. Let's be honest. Dude. They got outscored 14 to three in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They were up 21, 13. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Uh, Tons, man. Um, Oh, let's talk about these coaches. You made a great point yesterday when we were texting, bringing it to life here, huh? Yeah, it's true though. Go ahead. You can share my take. Okay. Well, generally your take, I don't, I don't want to direct quote. You don't have it in front of me, but you had said, it's pretty clear. There are several first year head coaching hires in the NFL that just aren't going to work. 
And yeah. like several of them are probably fireable by the end of their first season, unless things train change dramatically by the end of the year. Yeah. And I, I think, I think everybody in the world is generally against one and done coaches, right? It's, it's not a good thing, but I think you can identify Freddie kitchens, Adam Gase and uh, Vic Fangio as legit one and done worthy guys. I mean, really, I, I mean, to me, irreconcilable differences that I have with all three of those men. Fangio just coaches like a coward. He's dated. His football team's not. You know it's bad when you know it's bad when Joe Flacco throws you under the bus at the end. <laughs> what are we afraid about of? About playing conservative. What are we afraid of? Our two and six <laughs> football team. Who cares if they have a timeout? Let's throw the ball. Unbelievable. I mean, Adam Gase. Come on. I mean, we, that should have never happened. I mean, there's nothing new there. He's been this guy for a long time, and it wasn't hard to figure out. And then Freddie Kitchens, the team gets sloppier every week, Kyle. Nothing gets fixed. I cannot believe they handed the keys to this team at this point in this build, right, where there were some expectations on the line. They said, here you go, Freddie. Here you go. Are you kidding me? I think you could say that for both of these, like Cleveland and New York. Teams that, generally speaking, haven't been the best managed, I think that's a fair statement to say. No? Yeah, no, that's true. And then they, they're they in these critical windows with rookie quarterbacks that showed a ton of promise, and they dropped the ball on the hires. Yep. And, like, if the Jets don't fire Adam Gase... You have to seriously wonder if Adam Gase is going to ruin Sam Darnold. Because Sam Darnold looks terrible right now. Did you see their stat line from like their opening possession script versus the rest of the game? I didn't see the stat, no. I think they had like 10 less yards on their opening possession that went for a touchdown. 98-yard touchdown drive. The rest of the game, they had like 110 yards. It's outcoached. Just not even just outcoached. They, Doug Marone coached circles around the Jets. And Adam Gase, they hired Adam Gase. What was the first thing Gase did? He brought in all his buddies from his coaching staff in Miami that had the team like dead last in every offensive category or in the bottom three of every offensive category. After how many years of massaging the roster to have it the way he wanted it. Right. And dude, they're already starting that process in New York. Now I don't care that Joe Douglas is there. They just cut KO. They just traded Leonard Williams. They're trying to trade Robbie Anderson. They're already in this process. It's amazing. This is like the Adam Gase experience is you get a little bit of promise, which this season in New York didn't really come at all. But then like Adam makes some personnel decisions. He was the one who traded Darren Lee after they fired Mike McCagnan. He gets rid of all the guys that aren't quote unquote his guys that don't fit his vision, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the day, they can't coach. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. There was some people that thought the Jets were going to be the second best team in the AFC East this year. And I know the Darnold Mono thing doesn't help, but he's back and this team doesn't look very good. He, they look almost as bad with Darnold at quarterback as they than they do with Luke Falk. 
which says a lot. You want to talk about a good football team? Yeah, let's talk some good football. I like good football. About the seven and zero San Francisco 49ers beat the Carolina Panthers fifty-one to thirteen. The Panthers extra time to prepare for Kyle Shanahan and uh, man, they couldn't stop these guys. I mean, this rushing attack is just unbelievable. Tevin Coleman is explosive. They got Emmanuel Sanders going a little bit yesterday. George Kittle is unstoppable. This offensive line is not even good right now. They don't have uh, Mike McGlinchey. They don't have Joe Staley. Those guys are coming back. They're going to get Trent Taylor back. And this front, this front seven, this defensive line is just unbelievable. Nick Bosa, three tackles for loss, three sacks. Uh, was that uh, an inter- the interception, right? 46-yard return on that. Yeah. Uh, three quarterback hits. I mean, just no answers for the guy, man. This this 49ers team is very complete. And, you know, I thought they would have some issues in the secondary, but I think this front seven is making that okay on the back end. And Emmanuel Mosley, an undrafted free agent from Tennessee, is looking like a really nice lock corner for them. And Richard Sherman still playing at a high level because of his, you know, his football intelligence, quite honestly. Mitch Wisnowski is a game-changing punter. I mean, what, what – this team's rolling, man. Now I am interested to see, like it, it feels like Shanahan's offense is extremely unique in the ski in the scope of the NFL. And now I will say that it's been part of the league for a while now. He's not a new thing. I'm just curious. When do the, when does the rest of the league start to adjust and how does Shani respond to that? I think that's going to be a fascinating storyline to monitor here as things move on, because it, it it's it, watching the 49ers offense is unlike anything else in the NFL. Well, let me ask you this. From a coaching perspective, an X's and O's perspective, what's the counter to outside zone? Like, what are you going to do differently? Well, I mean, I think... You going to walk both your safeties up and play cover zero on guys? I might. I might, honestly, because I think you have to play man against their pass game or else you're just going to get all kind. Your wires are just going to stay crossed with how they manufacture some throws. I think you have to play man and yeah. live with that and say, hey, if you want to beat me deep, then I, we just have to live with that. Because otherwise, you're just going to get gashed all day with the other stuff. Million paper cuts. And they have explosive guys that can handle the football. Yeah, I mean, you you look at San Francisco had 232 rushing yards. Yep. Um, How many rushing yards did they end up having against Cleveland? I'm not sure. I'm guessing a lot. Monster number. Yeah. Like it might have been 300 yards, or yeah, at least the, it felt like 300 yards. They're the best rushing team in football, I'm pretty sure. Or, or in the NFC, I think maybe Baltimore in football. Obviously, Lamar Jackson plays into that. So, like, that's that's my response is I'm loading up the box. You got to have somebody over the top for Kittle in the middle of the field. It's tough. It, it really puts you in a bind, and you're going to have to go for broke, and you're or or you're going to have to hope that you have enough studs up front to get penetration. I don't think you can just sit in gaps and just play gaps on these guys. I think you got to get up into the mesh point a little bit. I think the 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 date that I have circled for them is uh, the New Orleans game right? We're about a month away. It's the first week or first game for New Orleans in December. I think it's December 8th. It's in New Orleans. And New Orleans feasibly, I think they play 
Atlanta twice, Tampa and Carolina. They they like play four division games between now and then, and they should feasibly go out and, and win all those games. We could be looking at like one or two or three combined losses between those teams yeah. in December. I think what you need to stop the 49ers offense is the 49ers front seven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a, uh, it's, it's really something. And, you know, I think you, you probably need to find ways to be aggressive early, somehow build a lead, those types of things and, and force them to be more aggressive and make Jimmy Garoppolo the reason, you know, they're successful. Nobody's been able to do that. And, it teams rolling, man. Seven wins already. I mean, the dude, won, Shanny won 10 games his first two seasons. Got seven and seven games in 2019. Can we put this shoe on the other foot real quick and talk about Carolina? Sure. So Carolina started the year 0-2. Yep. Two games they arguably could have and should have won. Give me at least one. Then they go on a heater. They, at least one of them. Yeah. Then they go on a heater. They beat Arizona. They beat Houston. They beat Jacksonville. They beat Tampa. They are on the bye. They lose to San Francisco. What do you think this team's final record is? Uh, they beat the Titans, lose the pack. Oh, sorry, I need to see how many more wins. They have four already. Five Titans, six Falcons, seven Redskins, eight Falcons. They'll win one of those last three, nine and seven. You think so? Yeah. I mean, it could be eight, eight and eight or nine I and think seven. That's- yeah, they're going to be eight and eight or nine and seven. They might lose those last three. My general point is I don't think it's that out of uh, the question that this team ends up seeing something similar to happen than what happened last year. They were six and two rolling, man. Right. And they'll end up being five and three if they beat Tennessee. Yeah. So it'll be one game. Then they got to go to Green Bay, to New Orleans. Host the Seahawks to Indianapolis, host the Saints. If they drop, no, if if they drop a game to Atlanta as a divisional game that they they shouldn't drop, I don't think they'll have to worry about losing to Washington. But like, is that it for Ron Rivera? If that's the case. If this team has a winning record at the midway point again and finishes the year with a losing record again, is that it for Ron? I I said going into this season that it wasn't just Ron Rivera winning this year. It was proving to Dave Tepper that he can win consistently because he's been every other year so far in Carolina. And you really get excited about some of the peaks of the team over his tenure. And I think he's a really good Mm -hmm. coach. And you guys have heard me talk about like, the field of coaches that we're talking about is, is the next crop of head coaches. I don't get super excited about. And so you need to really feel like you're going to upgrade there, but Dave Tepper, we know he's, he's wired a little different. He's an aggressive guy. He's not going to want to sit on eight, nine wins a year. He's going to want to be an upper echelon team. He just bought the team. He's been as patient as I think he can to start. There's been some factors with injuries that have played into things, but I think if, if, if there, we said this several weeks ago. If there's a team, if if he could make a run at a Lincoln Riley or something, like I think Dave Tepper, will, he's not just going to hire Dave Tube to be the next head coach, right? Special teams coach for the Chiefs. It's going to be splashy. Poor Dave Tube. But you know what I mean. I think it was the right example for that for what I was trying to get at there. It's going to be splashy. Dave Tepper, 
is a a risk taker. He's not going to sit on eight and nine wins every year. And I and I'm not sure it's entirely Ron's fault, and I'm not entirely sure he deserves to get fired. But I don't think Tepper's going to sit on eight or nine wins. Right. Seven last. So year. pressure's on a little bit. I think it's been on, and I don't know if I agree with it. That's where it's that's where it's hard for me. If they would now, honestly, Kyle. If they would have went one and one in those first two games, they got a realistic shot at ten wins, right? Probably put them at five right now. They can't beat Titans, Falcons twice, Redskins. That's nine, right? I mean, yeah, they can. <laughs> and they then find there. a way to beat the Colts or Seahawks or something. Like win one game you're not supposed to. Tough man. What else you got, Joe? Yeah, what's up? I should probably talk about Matt Nagy. <laughs> he's he's a mad person. Idiot. Is he losing you? What have I been saying? What What have I been saying for for five years now? What have you been saying for five years? Yeah. About yeah. the Bears? No. Slot fade? About playing for field goals. Oh, playing for field goals are for losers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then don't play for a forty-one yard field goal when you guys haven't had a kicker make a meaningful kick in like ten years. Hello. Baffling decision. Dave Montgomery got twenty-seven carries for one hundred thirty-five yards in the tutty. Yeah, he looked pretty good. <laughs> Trubisky looked better. He didn't look good, but he looked better. Um, I just everybody's going to be so disappointed when Chicago totally sticks with Trubisky for another year. Well, they can't get off the boat now. What's your chance to upgrade, Kyle? Your your your, your chance to upgrade is by signing Andy Dalton and for Marcus Mariota. Honestly, that's going to be their best chances to fix it because they don't have a first round pick. And like, like maybe you do that. Maybe that's exactly what you do. You, you Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, and you bring in the Mariota or Dalton or Jameis Winston. I think that's the best possible solution is you, you have to sign somebody to compete with him now, because if you coddle him and you don't give him anybody to push him, he ain't going to get any better. Continued complacency. It, that's the recipe for disaster for Chicago is to just not do anything. You guys got to sign a vet who can legitimately push Trubisky, not Chase Daniel, who started a handful of games, made a bunch of bank being a backup quarterback. Go sign somebody with a starting pedigree and push him and let the best guy play. And I think we've identified, I mean, those are going to be the three names. Maybe you throw Teddy Bridgewater into that mix, but I I mean, I don't know that he's ever going to leave New Orleans. Seems like he'll be content to be 31 and finally be the starter there. That's going to be your chances this year. If you're not going to get one of those rookie quarterbacks, those are going to be the guys we're going to talk about. Fitz, I don't know, Fitz going to play another year? Might stay in Miami. He's on a two-year deal. Is he? Did he really? He signed a two-year deal with Miami. Yeah. 
Wow. I did not know that. I, it might be a, it's either a club or player option. Let me double check. My producer's going to get right on that for yeah. you. Okay. I'd be curious. Let's say Fitz is part of this mix. Fitz, uh, Jameis, Mariota, and who's the other guy I keep saying? Dalton. Which one? Which one would be the one you would pick? Yeah, Fitz. Two-year, $11 million deal. <laughs> okay. So get Fitz out of the conversation. This man is committed to Miami. Um, well, Miami could cut him for one and a half mil in dead cap next year if they wanted to cut him. I don't think they will. But I don't see any reason why you would. Right. Who's the guy, man? So those are your guys. Yeah, who's the guy? Who's the best one for Nagy? <sighs> not not Jameis, right? No, Jameis turned the ball over a million times. Mariota's probably Mariota. Thing, right? Yeah, you're I perked up yeah, when I thought probably him. Mariota. And Dalton will be safe, but I, I wish the offensive line was better. Yeah. But you got a good well, defense, that's that's right? what Chicago's Chicago's gotta come out and draft a guard in the second round. Right. And they gotta sign Mariota. That's that's gonna be your best chance, right? Change you need to you need to change your fortunes a little bit, but your defense can play. Go see what happens. Yeah. And that'll keep them dynamic. We got some fun takes this week regarding Chicago. Yes. For takes on takes tomorrow. Which I guess should probably set us up to segue to exit, unless you have any other parting thoughts, Joe. I'm good. You're good? Yeah, you're good. Best best team in college football is Ohio State. We both agree there. Yep. Who are the top four teams in the country right now? In college football? Who's your playoff? Ohio yes. State, LSU, Alabama, and Clemson. Sorry, Oklahoma. Got to go to win well, Kansas say, State. Life gets a lot easier when the Big 12 team, the Big 12 champ's going to have a loss. Yeah, right? Go- goodbye. Go- I mean, I guess what's interesting is, I mean, Penn State's probably very offended. But, they're, I mean, they're going to need mm. to they're gonna need to get a signature win. They're going to have to be undefeated, right? Probably. So, yeah, and, and unfortunately, did you see the we we have a eight no versus eight no double header for the first time in the AP history in two weeks? Is it LSU, Bama, and Minnesota, and Penn State, or something like that? So Minnesota, Penn State's kicking off local time in Minneapolis at twelve o'clock or at eleven o'clock. So twelve o'clock on the East Coast, and then LSU, Alabama kicks off at three thirty. It's the first time in AP poll history wow. four eight no teams have played each other in consecutive time slots this late in the season. I just peeked at I don't I don't know how we did against the spread this week. I don't want to know. Uh, I think our confidence bit us in the ass. But uh, looking at we have two five hundred. Were we? Were we five hundred? Yeah, nah, you were both five hundred last lame. week. We got we got a uh, West Virginia Baylor and Georgia Southern App State ranked games on Thursday night to deal with this week. So, Oh God. Bless them. We got Georgia, Florida this week, uh, Utah, Washington, SMU, Memphis. Those are two ranked teams. Good luck there. Listen, Utah's playing great football right now. Oh, we'll man. talk about that on yeah. Thursday, but they're, they're playing phenomenal football right now. Yep. All right. That's going to do it. We're going to do takes on takes tomorrow. If you have last minute hot takes, please send them to us at grinding the tape at the Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening.
catch up with you guys again tomorrow.